This is Common Ground, KCRW Berlin's new talk show encouraging debate and a deeper understanding of hot-button topics in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi-Nelson. Today's question is one that a lot of people have plenty to say about. To introduce the topic, we take you to a historic Friedrichstrasse in Mitte. Give a listen. A half-kilometer section on this busy street in central Berlin is the site of an experiment being conducted by the city government. Only the sound of bicycle tires and shoes can be heard, as vehicle traffic is banned on this part of Friedrichstrasse. The goal is to try and boost commerce and make it more appealing to pedestrians and cyclists. Not that drivers don't occasionally try to sneak through, like this car did yesterday. A policewoman shouts at the driver to turn off the motor on this road converted into bike lanes that go in both directions. A cyclist we spoke to from Kreuzberg says he wishes for more bicycle-friendly zones like this one. There needs to be at least proper separation, but cyclists need to have the chance to uh, not run directly into traffic when they, when they not want to hit uh, pedestrians. But getting bicycles off sidewalks altogether, not likely, he says. It's not only traffic, it's also cobblestone and everything where you literally can't ride your bike. So um, around the area in Kreuzberg, for example, or northern Neukölln, there's some parts where you just can't go. The relationship between cyclists and pedestrians isn't always harmonious, even here. This pedestrian from Friedrichshain has her doubts about whether she's safer in the test zone. It's just not quite right. They just potted trees on the street. The cyclists don't ride where they are supposed to. I don't know about this here on Friedrichstraße. We'll just have to wait and see. She also wants the police to do a better job stopping cyclists who flout the law and ride on sidewalks. What's clear is that Berlin has yet to get the traffic formula right, even with the Friedrichstrasse experiment. As a result, the city is losing its standing as being one of the bike-friendlier ones in Europe. In this year's list by urban design consultant Kobenhagen Eyes, Berlin was ranked 15th, down from 10th in 2018. Plus, it's often dangerous here. Last month, during the span of one week, four cyclists and pedestrians were killed in Berlin in separate accidents. But it's not just vehicles that pose a threat. The problem is, particularly in Berlin, the way I see it, is that there's no clear delineation between where the pedestrians are supposed to be and where the bikes are supposed to be. That's Hyde Flippo, author of The German Way, Aspects of Behavior, Attitudes, and Customs in the German-Speaking World. He last year in his blog wrote about the conflict between pedestrians and cyclists in Berlin. And I know they have bike paths and so on, but I mean, you know, sometimes people are just, they're riding on the street with or without a bike lane. They're coming down the sidewalk, which of course is the most problem for the pedestrian, is that um, you never know where they're going to pop up. And so, but it was one, the main reason I wrote the blog. And I don't have anything against bicyclists. I think bicycling is great, but you know, I think I mentioned in the article that uh, Amsterdam and Copenhagen do a much better job of separating bicyclists and pedestrians. Claire Taylor is with a collective of bike messengers called Fahrwerk Berlin and recently returned from a work trip to Copenhagen, where she found the bike lanes to be wider. But Taylor added the new ones that are starting to appear along Berlin's roads are, quote, pretty good and make it less likely that pedestrians will stray onto them. 
I think that bike lanes aren't perfect, particularly when they're on the pavement. Um, it's really important that pedestrians need to look out and it shouldn't be up to the cyclist to do all the watching out because that's quite stressful and it's not super effective. I think it's important that people look up from their phones and also in general, I think just because you can't hear something coming, for example, a bike, it doesn't mean that they're not there. So who is more vulnerable in Berlin, cyclists or pedestrians? We find out next on Common Ground. Let's meet our four guests who will tackle this topic. In the studio, I am joined by Carolina Matza, a German-Italian bike activist with ADFC Berlin. She handles events and communication for this largest branch of the German Cyclist Association, which has about 17,000 local members. Welcome, Carolina. Hi, thanks for having me. Also here is Roland Stimpel, a German city planner by training and a pedestrian activist who is on the board of the Organization for Pedestrian Protection of Germany. The cool acronym for his group is FUS, which of course is the German word for foot. Welcome, Roland. Hi, everybody. Joining us on the phone is Dirk von Schneidermesser, who is a researcher specializing in sustainable transformation of urban areas. He's an advocate for cities and sits on the board of Changing Cities, the group that initiated the bicycle referendum movement that led to Germany's first bike law. Welcome, Dirk. Thanks for having me. Also on the phone is Alena Büttner, a scientific advisor at the German Environment Agency, who specializes in sustainable urban mobility, such as walking and cycling. She developed the draft of a national strategy on walking for the Second National Congress on Walking, which took place in Berlin in 2018. Welcome, Alina. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, it's great having you all here. And let me start off by saying that not everyone was happy about me focusing this show on the conflict between pedestrians and cyclists on sidewalks and bike lanes. So, Elena, we're going to jump right into it. Um, is there a conflict between these two sides? Yes, of course. So, as we um, heard before, there are conflicts like cyclists use sidewalks um, even in wrong directions to get to the next bike street, for example. The reason behind this behavior is mainly a missing possibility for cyclists to cross main streets and to enter by streets correctly. From our perspective, um, we, and of course cities, face the challenge of reducing the space given to motorized transport while at the same time creating attractive spaces for people and sustainable modes of transport. Roland, let me ask you, who has the right-of-way on Berlin's sidewalks? Um, it's absolutely clear. Sidewalks are for walking and for nothing else. So the, the law is completely clear. The everyday use is not. On the one hand, the cycling boom is great, also for pedestrians. It means uh, fewer pollution, no noise, fewer danger. But on the other hand, it's awful that space which cars haven't occupied is now occupied by cycles. And this has to be prevented. Carolina, what's the cyclist's point of view on that? I mean, why are they on sidewalks? Yeah, because as Alina mentioned before, very often there are no dedicated bike lanes. Or in some cases, the bike lane just disappears out of the blue. And as cyclists, especially if you don't know exactly the district or the street you are in the moment, you have to take a very quick decision and choose, okay, should I ride on the street where cars are driving very fast next to me or should I go on the sidewalk? Of course, I mean, the sidewalk, it's not the right decision because, I mean, we have to take care and we have to be mindful toward pedestrians that don't have to experience the same dangers that cyclists are experiencing on the road. But that's the problem. We don't have a clear, comprehensive bike lanes all over Berlin. 
Diok, as one of the people mentioned in the story that we aired a short while ago, uh, the problem seems to be bike lanes that are very close to or that are on the sidewalk or next to the sidewalk. Why is that the case? Why has the city sort of decided that it's better to put bike lanes there than, let's say, having dedicated bike lanes on the roads? Well, that has, you have to go back a little bit into the history, but for quite a while we've seen this approach in Germany where people embrace this idea of uh, vehicular cycling, which basically makes the position that it's better for the cycles to be on the, the road where cars are than behind trees or, or behind parked cars because then they're, they're seen better. However, the feeling of safety leads to not very many people cycling. So that's okay for anybody who is really confident and, you know, okay to deal with people honking at them, et cetera, and telling them to get off the road. But it's, uh, it's not okay to make cycling attractive and to get a lot of people out of the car and onto the bicycle. Alena, this is going to be a little bit of a tougher question. I'm just wondering what your take is on this. But <laughs> who has more rights, the cyclist or the pedestrian in Berlin? It's, it's really a um, hard question. <laughs> and terms of um, planning and yeah, uh, regarding the administration and what they do about improving infrastructure for cycling and walking, I would say in uh, this topic of cycling is already in their minds. And they try, um, for example, with the Mobility Act to um, get some measures um, to improve the situation for cyclists. But at the Berlin level and the national level, the um, situation for um, pedestrians is worse because they are the <laughs> end of um, all these um, modes of transport and they are hardly taken in mind. To get the cyclist point of view, let me ask Carolina again. How much of a problem for cyclists are pedestrians who end up straying into the bike lanes? I don't think this is a very big problem. I mean... In so-called old-schooled bike lanes, we have the problem sometimes it's really difficult to understand which one is the bike lane and which one is the sidewalk. So I can really understand that sometimes both the pedestrian and the cyclist don't know, okay, where am I supposed to go? But the biggest problem is definitely not the pedestrian, but the, the, the motor vehicles, so cars and yeah. uh, trucks. So, uh, I mean, we're more uh, allied than uh, enemies. Olan, do you think that the city government takes pedestrians into account enough when they're making their plans? They begin to do it with their plans, but they don't do it in reality. The sidewalks aren't cared for. If you walk through Mitte, you find everything on the sidewalks, whatever people want to drop there. Maybe e-scooters, maybe bikes driven or taken, maybe uh, coffees and uh, places and, what, and everybody else. And no state agency really cares for it. So that in, in some areas they produce artificial uh, pedestrian traffic jams where it's absolutely not necessary just because nobody cares for the sidewalks there. How have the pop-up lanes that emerged during the coronavirus pandemic um, helped or hurt Diuk? I mean, how, how has it changed sort of the dynamic or the flow? Uh, the pop-up bike lanes have definitely improved the situation um, for cyclists and I would argue as well for pedestrians because like Carolina was saying before, there is with the pop-up bike lanes a clear place where you are supposed to be as a cyclist. It's physically uh, separated from flowing motor traffic, which, which poses a danger, but it's also physically separated from uh, the area where pedestrians are supposed to be. So it has definitely increased uh, safety. It has definitely led to a, a better flow of traffic in many places where those pop-up bike lanes have come up.
So, Roland, if you had to sort of lay out what the city has done um, that has worked for pedestrian mobility and what hasn't worked, what would those items be? Well, over a long time, some uh, few hundred zebra lines have been established, have been added over, over too much time. It, uh, it takes three years in Berlin to put an application to a zebra line and to get it finally. There are many ideas now to make better traffic lights, to widen pavements, to get more safety and convenience for pedestrians. But uh, the reality is still far from that. And it would be fine if the plans and ideas and the laws which uh, and acts which exist already would be executed. Even that would be a big progress if the real situation would be as the legal situation is supposed to be. Carolina, what about for cyclists? What is it that Berlin is doing that's working that you'd like to see more of and what would you like to see end? So since the Mobility Act from 2018, we have seen uh, some new protected bike lanes. So bike lanes that are really strongly separated from car traffic. We don't have many of them. With the pop-up bike lanes, we have also more dedicated lanes for cyclists. What we don't want anymore, it's very narrow bike lanes that are on the sidewalk. We want to give priority to cyclists and pedestrians. We want more bike-friendly city, but also human-friendly. What about cyclists who don't obey the law? I mean, we see this a lot in Berlin where people will not stop or a lot of cyclists will not stop. For example, at a red light, they'll shoot across. Who are these people? Why are they not, you know, I mean, what is it about that mentality and what do you do to fight against it with your organization? Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, there's, uh, of course, a problem because, as we said, I mean, we shouldn't act as cyclists as we don't want the car drivers to act towards us. We do a lot of information about traffic rules and uh, behavior, I mean, with events, but also, I mean, through our website and uh, flyers. I mean, we try to inform our members, but, of course, cyclists in general, because, I mean, it's not just about our members and to tell them what they should do and what they shouldn't do. Alena, if you can sort of take a view from like a, a country view for a moment, how does the Berlin bicycle situation in terms of behavior of cyclists, behavior of pedestrians, and also just the availability of mobility inducing things like bike lanes, I mean, how does it compare to the rest of Germany? Compared to the rest of Germany, um, there are already a lot of projects um, to improve walking and cycling in Berlin. If the projects which you already uh, mentioned, for example, Friedrichstraße and all the projects Roland Simple and uh, Dirk mentioned. So I would say in Berlin, it's, um, as we can see when we look to the pop-up bike lanes, it's one of the cities which is going on and uh, improving walking and cycling. Of course, there are other cities like um, very well-known cities uh, for cycling like Oldenburg or Münster or Freiburg. But I would say in terms of this Experimental character Berlin is at the front. Oh, so they're actually leading in Germany. Yeah. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to respond to questions from listeners. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Moderna. Join me every Thursday for Brave New Rave, where I provide uninterrupted music influenced by Berlin's underground techno, dark disco, and left-field culture. That's every Thursday from 9 to 11 p.m., just after Fresh Air, here on 104.1 FM, KCRW Berlin.
Welcome back to Common Ground on KCRW Berlin. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and I'm joined in the studio today by Carolina Matza, a German-Italian bike activist with ADFC Berlin, and German pedestrian activist Roland Stimpel of the Organization for Pedestrian Protection of Germany. On the phone are Alena Büttner, a scientific advisor at the German Environment Agency, and Dirk von Schneidemesser of Changing Cities, a researcher specializing in democratic sustainability transformation. We've been talking about the relationship between cyclists versus pedestrians on Berlin's sidewalks and bike lanes. So let's take some listener questions. This first one is from a woman who says cyclists and pedestrians are not in conflict and have more to gain by working together for safer road access. Let's listen. Hi, my name is Hilary Bound. I live in Frieda now, and I would love to hear more about the car-free street initiatives of the past couple years, as well as anything that makes more safe space for everyone by removing and eliminating roadside parking in Berlin. Thanks. So which one of you would like to take that? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll have a go. Um, the car-free initiatives are, are we're, we're actually looking mostly at uh, car, like less car or car-reduced uh, low-car initiatives. Um, for example, the Keats Blocks movement that uh, Changing Cities uh, is spearheading, where we're looking at uh, making sure that through traffic is taken out of neighborhoods. Reducing parking is, of course, a huge thing, and that is also a lever that the municipalities have in their hands. For a municipality, it costs between 1,500 and 5,000 euros to build a parking spot and up to 500 euros a year to maintain it. And uh, it's now being used for free or peanuts. So uh, that is something that needs to change. Reducing through traffic in neighborhoods and reducing dependence on the car hopefully is leading also to people realizing that the car is not quite so necessary and that neighborhoods are nicer without so much through traffic and eventually then people they can uh, use a bicycle go by foot uh, and don't need to have a car parked in front of their house and then that space can be used for something else great roland you wanted to say something about this question yeah. reducing parking spaces is a great thing for pedestrians too so it's very important and useful for pedestrians to put the parking space away you can change it in many useful ways you can extend the sidewalk or you could you can put things which are on the sidewalk so far on that space um, such as seats and tables such as parking bikes and uh, e-scooters and if you use uh, that space as, as parking spaces for bikes and e-scooters, you get a high gain in efficiency because you can put eight driving devices on a space which, which was used by one so far. Wow. And also for the visibility, it's pretty good. I mean, the senator started to put bike racks, I mean, from the sidewalk on the street and especially at crossroads. I mean, as a pedestrian myself, when I'm not on my bike, I find it really good because then it's easier to look at the street and see, okay, is a car coming? Is a bike coming? Alina, there's something you wanted to add? Yes, I just wanted um, to say that I totally um, agree that it's necessary to redistribute the traffic um, areas. And in our opinion, parking management and the reduction of car lanes and a speed limit of 30 kilometers per hour in inner city areas can help to um, a fair space allocation. May I just one thing? Because together Go with ahead, uh, yeah. Roland and Fusefau and also Changing Cities, we are part of a bigger alliance where many associations took part. 
and it's called Berlin Streets for Everybody. And our goal, I mean, there are several points in this alliance. And of course, we try to take care of all points of view, not just cyclists, pedestrians, all of them. I mean, but the bigger one is the redistribution of public space, the reduction of yeah. parking spots, the reduction of speed limit. And I mean, the main goal is, of course, that Berlin is going to become, I mean, not like in 20 or 30 years, but I mean, if we are like in 10 years, a more livable city and for everybody, I mean, for the young, for the old. Good. Was there something else you wanted to add? Yeah, exactly okay. to that point. Uh, basically, absolutely, yeah. But there is one point that what we want is much more bike traffic on roads, on driveways, but fewer mm. bike traffic or no bike traffic on sidewalks and in many areas in parks. Uh, this one thing may divide us, but we argue about it and we... We, we try to cooperate as far as possible. Well, that's why we brought you both into the studio, so yeah. <laughs> you could do just that. <laughs> Let me bring uh, the next question up, because that actually has to do with bike lanes and some of the frustrations that cyclists have, which may perhaps drive them onto the sidewalks. And this email was from listener Stephanie Beery in Mitte, who asks if she takes photos of the license plate of cars in bike lanes and sends them to a government office, whether there will be repercussions or consequences for the owner or driver of the vehicle. And I, I don't know, Carolina, who wants to take that one? Uh, yeah, maybe I can start and then Dirk, you can uh, add on that. I'm not 100% sure if for a privacy law, it's allowed to just take a picture and send it to a random email address. But what I'm aware of that everybody of us can do is there is an app. If you have a smartphone, it's just called Ordnungsamt. And through this app, you can, I mean, legally uh, tell your own Ordnungsamt or the one in the district you are in the moment. This car is not legally parked, so you should come here and take it somewhere else. I would say I think a key for more discipline and for obeying rules better in traffic are higher fees. We always look for France where parking on the sidewalk, driving with a bike on the sidewalk or using your smartphone while driving all costs 135 euros. And when I go to Paris and walk around on the boulevards, that seems to work. But enforcement is key to that, right, Diok? I mean, is there enough enforcement? There is absolutely not enough enforcement. Um, so even the petty sort of fees that we have for doing things like parking in the wrong place or parking in a loading zone, etc., which are not only inconveniences to, you know, say people that might need to do loading there or people, cyclists or pedestrians that need to find their way around those cars, it actually poses a, a real danger and that leads to a high number of injuries. So we definitely need higher fees for these types of behavior, but currently the Ordnungsamt, the civil service for order, and the police, they're not in agreement about whose responsibility that is, and they also um, do not pursue these type of law-breaking very much at all. And when they do, it's usually at the behest of disgruntled cyclists or disgruntled pedestrians who have done a lot of work and have a lot of like energy that they have to you know, put into kind of making the police actually take this behavior seriously. We have another question from Connor that was sent to us via the Internet, and he asks, is there an increasing number of accidents involving cyclists and pedestrians, or are they decreasing as new lanes are being built? Carolina. Um, yeah. Uh, or, 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 hold yeah. on, sorry. Go ahead. One of you start. Yeah. <laughs> It's the number is it has increased in recent years um, because of there is more bike traffic and in particular more bike traffic on sidewalks, but it's still not as bad 
as it is with injuries and uh, fatalities with cars. So there is a, a relationship between 50 killed pedestrians by cars to one by bikes. Of course, that, that one is too much, but the main security problem are definitely not bikes, but cars. Elena, is the issue that there are more bikes and more vehicles and not enough bike lanes and not enough uh, roads, or is the issue that there is not enough enforcement? I mean, how do you see it? So um, from our perspective, um, it's both. <laughs> so at first, um, there are not um, there is not enough space for um, pedestrians and cyclists. And on the other hand, um, yes, um, there has to be more enforcement as well. We're running a little short on time, so I'm just going to ask each of you to answer this question succinctly. Is Berlin on the right path, so to speak, to transform mobility and make it more friendly for pedestrians and cyclists? And uh, we'll start with you, Dirk. All right. Well, uh, I can answer that maybe with a joke. Um, a pedestrian, <laughs> a motorist, a cyclist going to a restaurant. The waiter brings six bread rolls. The motorist eats five immediately, looks at the pedestrian and says, watch out, the cyclist is going to eat your bread roll. Right? Um, and that's kind of the situation that we have. That's the, the point of departure that there's just sort of for the past six decades, we've been sending the signal to drive the private car. We've been acting as if this is a human right. And investments in infrastructure and the, and the legal framework bear witness to this. So people are used to their car, used to it basically being a right. They've been taught this. They've fully accepted the privileged position of the private automobile. And now it's time to take that privilege away and redistribute that privilege um, to cyclists and pedestrians and public transit. But the thing is, when you take away a privilege, it feels in the first moment, like oppression to those who have enjoyed that privilege. So there is a lot of frustration, and motorists even feel oppressed by measures that lead to a more fair, a more equal, and a more safe streets and city. Roland? Uh, Dirk, um, cyclists should definitely not take the sixth one of the pedestrian. They should care for one of the four of the car drivers. There is You're referring much, to the bread rolls. <laughs> yeah, the bread rolls. Yeah. Much, much, much uh, more than enough space to do that. And uh, it would be much easier for us and cooperation would be much easier if Berlin cyclists, it's not the cyclist organization. They, uh, they ask their people and other cyclists not to do it, but it's the everyday cycler with um, not enough discipline who does. But basically Basically, uh, Berlin is on the right way as far as ideas and acts and laws are concerned. In reality, um, we have to wait and we have to, to do political action to bring this on a better way. Alina, do you agree? Yes, in a case of um, experiments and uh, trying out uh, things, I would say Berlin is um, on the right way or it's a good way. And um, yes, uh, cyclists and pedestrians would uh, profit if they should pull together. And we will ask Carolina what she thinks. I think Berlin is now with the Mobility Act really a big chance to make a change in the city. We have a big problem that many other cities all over the world have, and that is car-centered planning. We can change that and we can um, make a shift from a pre-planned, so to say, conflict that make pedestrians and cyclists just at the at a very narrow place in the street and take more space. So um, I'm positive. I mean, I'm, I think we are on the right way, but we definitely need to be faster. Unfortunately, we have to leave it at that as we are out of time. A big thank you to my guests, Carolina Matza with ADFC Berlin, Roland Stimpel of the Organization for Pedestrian Protection of Germany, or FUS, 
Alina Büttner of the German Environment Agency, and Dirk von Schneidermesser of Changing Cities. It was great having all of you here with me. It was great to be here. Thank you. Thank you, too. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Tune in next Monday for another episode of Common Ground on 104.1 FM or stream the show via the KCRW app or kcrwberlin.com. Our show is also available as a podcast, so download it wherever you get yours. And if you want to pose a question on a topic we are discussing in our upcoming episode, go to kcrwberlin.com and click on Common Ground.